0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bormanish. I'm Rebecca.
1: And I'm Landon.
0: And this is another late night, breaking news, sort of a podcast. Uh, do we have dark circles under our eyes, Landon?
1: Uh, I know <laughs> I do after the last couple nights.
0: <laughs> I know I do too. We just keep, we can't stop podcasting. We just keep coming up with these things where we're like, we're sure everybody wants to hear what we have to say. So we're going to podcast. <laughs> we hope they want to hear what we have to say, right? we hope so (laughs) we hope so anyway
1: pass it on to your friends
0: (laughs) anyway um i am wearing i have to point out my lucky jupiter talisman Esque necklace I just for some reason found this in my jewelry box I'm like well this is kind of awesome so hopefully this will bring us luck tonight on the topic that we are going to dive into and um, we do have a slide presentation um, of course no one can escape the news that's out there can they land in everything is going crazy with Tim Ballard O U R, and just revelation after revelation in the news <laughs>
1: Yeah, this thing's getting bigger and bigger and spreading. Uh, it's now hitting the na- international news stations. Yep. Uh, we saw it in uh, one of the UK uh, yep. papers. And, yeah. I think It was in the
0: Daily Mail. Yeah, everybody's yeah. talking about it everywhere. But interestingly, and, and everyone has a different perspective, in the Mormon kingdom, in the world of Mormonism, what we are seeing over and over, uh, Facebook, Reddit, uh, conversations with people, everybody is going, Does Tim Ballard remind you of anyone, remind you of anyone, right? (laughs) Like Craig Ferguson used to say. And of course, everybody is talking about what, Landon?
1: (laughs) Yes, uh, Joseph Smith, uh, no doubt.
0: Uh, That's right. There seem to be a few more than passing similarities. So we thought that we would kind of gather some. Um, A lot of these we thought of ourselves. A lot of these are pretty self-evident just from conversations with people, from different social media. So we're calling this slide presentation Joseph 2.0. And you added that, didn't you, Landon? A match made in heaven. I like that.
1: That's (laughs) right. Uh, Some people say match made in heaven. Others will say match made in hell. We'll find out, I guess.
0: (laughs) That's right. We'll be the judge at the end but i have to say you know i created this picture here just on my phone and now that i'm looking at it kind of largely on my screen it it's almost having like a hypnotic effect on me i can't i can't look away it's like their eyes are following me (laughs) are you having that reaction
1: (laughs) no i i love this picture because it really brings uh you know we're gonna go over how are these two men so similar and as you look at this picture uh you know a, a lot of people say wow, Joseph Smith was this kind of guy, how did, how, did, how did someone who did all of the things Joseph Smith do get such a following and establish this church? And we look at Tim Ballard now, and we say he had almost a cult-like myth uh, about him, that uh, the members of the church. So if one guy could raise a cult and was, you know, not, uh, not not the uh, kindest person in the world. Uh, maybe a second person that's not really uh, uh, God's uh, prophet on Earth. Uh, so it'll be a little interesting. But we it wanted to be compare interesting.
0: Them. Yeah. And and I saw exactly what you just said. I saw a, a social media post about that where somebody said, I've always asked myself why, you know, how did Joseph Smith, knowing all the things that we know, all the things that, you know, even his close associates knew, you know, everything he was doing, how, how did people... You know, how do they follow him? How do they? How is he so beloved? And this social media post said, I see this now. I see how it happens because mm-hmm. it's so similar with Tim Ballard. So that's exactly what we're going to get into today. So we're just going to go through a giant list that we made ourselves. And we know there are more. So we hope that you will comment um, and let us know. And I'll say this again at the end. But, you know, what are things that you've noticed? But we came up with some pretty obvious ones, we thought. Okay, so the first one is what, Landon?
1: The couple's roost. I, I the think couple's become framed words now.
0: <laughs> that's exactly right. So the couple, I know, none of us had ever heard those two words used together prior to probably two weeks ago, right? Two or yep. three weeks ago. We had never heard this. But um, if you don't know what this is, <laughs> basically, Tim Ballard kind of had a scheme um, where he needed somebody to distract if he was asked on a mission to do something that was illicit, you know, with a woman or a child. So he would bring um, someone who was not trained in this, except for trained through you are a woman, um, an OUR supporter to come and act as his girlfriend, wife, love interest to kind of say, you know, my man doesn't want to be involved in this kind of for protection, um, for purity, right? Uh, but it turned, it took a dark turn as we're hearing from the lawsuits where allegedly um, more things happened and women were sort of coerced and groomed to do other things they weren't comfortable with. So the idea here is that he used the concept of being a couple for cover. So is there a similarity, uh, and, and TB stands for Tim Ballard. That's how we're going to do the slides. Um, let's go to the next slide, and let's see, um, same thing. The couple's ruse used for cover, J.S., Joseph Smith. So here is a whole list of women who were married as a couple, right, mm-hmm. and also sealed to Joseph Smith. Isn't that correct? Who do we have in the picture? Do you know who that is, Landon?
1: Uh, I'm not sure who the, uh, is that I who believe
0: is? it's Orson Hyde and Mirinda Johnson oh, is who I think it is. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. Whoever it is, he has incredible hair. I have to say, look at that. <laughs> 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 but th- the concept kind of is, you know, you have these women; they're already married, they're in a couple, right? And mm-hmm. then Joseph, ins- you know, I was going to say Joseph inserts himself. Yes, Joseph in- <laughs> metaphorically inserts.
1: It- oh my That's god! The difference is-
0: there. There was no- too-
1: an <laughs> <certain> evidently with <laughs> it is
0: too late for me to be podcasting. <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> You know, inappropriately, I was going to say, enters into the relationship. Oh, my God, I can't. We're going to have to just like cut and start over. Joseph Joseph put himself into the coupleship. This other, he was an interloper in the coupleship almost for cover, right? If the woman gets pregnant, she's already married, right? There's cover there that he's she's already married it's okay if joseph goes to visit her you know so just this idea that you use a marital pretend relationship or in this case a real relationship as a cover to me was very interesting what do you think
1: oh absolutely this is uh this is one of the reasons i think everyone sees this is oh joseph did the same thing he would go tell the women uh you know you need to marry me and then he uh would would even though they were married he would then have uh illicit relationships with them uh and same thing that uh that tim ballard pulled off so yeah and
0: i know that some of the relationships in tim ballard's case you know there were i think divorces or separations i think we're seeing a new news story tonight and i can imagine that there were also issues in the early church too um I think it's a similar thing. Just just being where you don't belong in a relationship or pretending a relationship for another purpose.
1: Yep, and 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 saying that it was for a noble cause that you were doing it. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I think we're going to get into that. <laughs> Excuse me, one of our reasons. So, okay, let's read this next one. What does this one say, Landon? While I take yeah, a drink, so- here? I laughed so hard. I can't. <laughs> I apologize, everyone. That was yeah sorry
1: <laughs> they they uh both presented themselves as men of god it, it was amazing to me you know obviously we all know joseph smith uh presented himself as you know this uh, man of god as a prophet and and many people believed it but uh, Tim Ballard, uh, you know, really the first, when this story first broke, uh, I went on to, he, he went on to a radio show. I'm trying to remember the name of the radio show. Was it
0: Adam Corolla or Adam? No, Lani? it
1: was the, the one here in Utah that he went on.
0: Uh, I can't remember.
1: But, uh, the very first thing the guy said is, oh, well, Tim is, Tim is a man of God. He's clearly a man of God and a man of faith. And he's, and just went on about what a wonderful man yeah. he is. And it, it always amazes me that as I would go, as I would read different perspectives, some people would say Joseph Smith was a con man and, and that he had no personality and he didn't, you know, didn't do anything for the person. He didn't seem like he was much intelligent. And then you'd see another visitor who would say, oh, he was a very intelligent man, very distinguished, uh, very, you know, and it's like, how are two people describing the same man in, in different ways well I think we'd see the same thing here with Ballard you know he won the radio station that uh was clearly friendly towards uh you know uh Tim Ballard and and uh it was conservative right-wing uh you know he's a man of God and other people would now look at him and say he was a you know a a, a pervert so
0: right and a con man exactly I'm, you have the you have the two the juxtaposition man of God. Con man. That it's exactly it's identical. It's exactly the same as Joe Smith. Yeah, Smith's, seen so.
1: that all over. Yep.
0: Yeah, okay, and this goes right along with this an endorsement from a higher power. And in this one, this slide is about Tim Ballard. So the whole time he alluded to people, in, especially the women, he was trying to do the couples do the couples ruse with. You know that he had the backing of the apostles, that he had particularly Elder Ballard. He definitely had the endorsement um, from the Lord's anointed. Is that the impression you got?
1: Yeah, not, not just the Lord's anointed, but there in the top picture, you have Glenn Beck. So you have the media, yeah. you have the church, you have Sean Reyes, uh, who's the uh, attorney general in the state of Utah. So you've got the top law enforcement. So you've got, uh, you had the governors speak, uh, touring the OUR. Uh, you have actresses from Hollywood participating in this you had everybody endorsing him as as this is a great man that you can all believe in and follow. So he's clearly had the endorsement of many different outlets and many different uh, notable uh, people.
0: And do not forget the highest power of all, Nephi himself. (laughs) He literally was talking to Nephi. I mean, that was one of the revelations to me, at least from the suit that came out two days ago. I thought that he was just speaking to Nephi through the psychic Janet Russon, And in fact, in one thing I read, um, uh, Neil A. Maxwell was there and handed the microphone to Nephi. I guess you need a microphone somehow <laughs> in the spirit world. And then Nephi spoke. But but now we find out that he, okay, on ketamine, um, was able to talk to Nephi himself. So if that's not an endorsement from a Book of Mormon prophet, I don't know what is. Yeah, so yeah, definitely yeah, if you believe in this kind of thing, um And you have this man of God who has this higher power behind him. You're just going to believe everything that he says, and he can do no wrong. And I think we find the same thing here, endorsement from a higher power from Joseph Smith. Why don't you read that, Landon, our little quote there? And you can see there's an angel there with a flaming sword. So I think you know where we're going with this.
1: Yeah, there's actually three different quotes here where he Mm -hmm. talks about the endorsement that he has. He says, I've been commanded of God to take another wife, and you are the woman uh that was to lucy walker uh who was age 15 at the time uh he also uh lucy walker recounting said why should i be chosen from among the daughters of uh, of thy daughters father i am only a child in years and experience no mother to counsel no father near to tell me what to do in this trying hour oh let this bitter cup pass and thus i prayed in the agony of my soul um and that was lucy sounds like she
0: was into him yeah sounds like she was really into him that is just so horrifying
1: yeah she didn't want to do it but uh, he did then, not
0: want to uh,
1: joseph smith in re- re- response to her hesitation uh i have no flattering words to offer it is a command of god to you i will give you until tomorrow to decide this matter <laughs> so uh if that's not manipulation, uh, you know, Hey, God has told you to do it. You, you know, it's, it's okay. It's either do it or, you know, you got till to tomorrow, make a decision. And, and of course the poor girl has no father, or, uh, or any when mm-hmm. he was, she was actually under the care of Joseph. Uh, uh
0: yeah. And we're going to talk about that later um, too. Yeah. yeah and of right. course she believes he's a man of God. And when a man of God, you know, with the endorsement from a higher power tells you God is literally telling you you must do this, you know, and that's why she's kind of pleading there. Oh, you know, take this cup from me. I don't want to do it, but she has to. She has to because literally God is telling her to do it through Joseph Smith.
1: Yeah. When so. when you believe, when you believe that Joseph Smith is a prophet commanding you from God, then you really have no choice. And no it choice. appears that uh, a lot of the people, when Tim Ballard said, you know, Elder Ballard has given. The permission and the brethren support me it's like well i get you know that that's the danger of that mindset of setting somebody up that talks to authorities that uh think for you
0: so. exactly i i've always heard the quotes that say beware of anybody says they're talking for god and eventually those people who say they're talking for god will say I need all your wives, right? <laughs> or I need all the women. <laughs> it seems to always end that way, you know? So I know even just showing that picture, it's it's such a tragedy. But again, everybody in the couple's ruse allegedly that was the same kind of thing. They felt that they really didn't have any any choice because they had been led up to that point with total faith, trust, and you just have to do this. You may not want to do it, but this is what it takes. And and, and was- I
1: think that's where the real grooming took place. To to me, Tim Ballard did not groom these women. The Church groomed these women.
0: Oh, I see what you mean. He
1: took advantage of that grooming I uh,
0: see what you mean.
1: and and used it against them because the yeah. the church has groomed them that you obey uh, the the priesthood authority and right. uh, whatever an apostle or a prophet says is okay because they said it
0: right. No, and I think I think you're right. The church groomed them, and then he finished the mission right there with his own utilizing that. So I see what you mean. Interesting. All right, let's go to the next one. Um, The concept uh, that the stakes couldn't be higher, right? Yeah. And this is Tim Ballard. You can go ahead and read that one, Landon. I think I can read the next one.
1: Yeah, so (laughs) Tim Ballard said, "To, to those in the outside world, it might seem obvious that engaging in sexual contact for the sake of helping trafficked children is wildly inappropriate, but the women who spoke with Blaze News indicated that Ballard gradually implemented an extensive and very manipulative plan to convince them to participate in things they otherwise would never have considered doing. One of the main tactics Ballard used, they claim, was to lean on their desire to help victims. Is there anything you wouldn't do to save a child, he would allegedly ask.
0: Yeah, and again, the stakes couldn't be higher on that. Who who is going to say no, you know, I, I I'm not going to do that for a child. You will do anything for a child. Anybody would.
1: Yeah. And so he definitely either you do this or this manipulate. child is going to remain yeah. in slavery. But you know, you yeah. need to do this for me. You know, to me, as part of the ruse to 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 save these children.
0: Yep. It's impossible to say no when you put someone in that position that it's literally someone's life depends on you doing this. You're you're going to throw all caution aside and you're going to do it if you've been manipulated up to that situation. And the same thing with Joseph Smith, the stakes couldn't be higher. And in this case, we're talking about uh, this picture represents, literally, it was your salvation, wasn't it, Landon? That's kind of how I look at it. You and sometimes your family's salvation depended on doing what Joseph wanted.
1: Yeah, we know he, uh, he went to Helen Mark Kimball and told her, mm-hmm. basically, uh, you know, you do this and it will mean the salvation of your entire family if you, if you marry me. And when you believe that that is the case, that you're now doing something noble uh, to bring about the salvation of your family. And obviously, as a, as a 15-year-old girl who says, oh, my entire family's salvation is rests on me doing this that 15 year old mind's going to go there and say, yes, I, I I need to do this.
0: I have to do it. That's right. It's my salvation. And that's what this picture represents is a younger girl at the doors of heaven. You know, the only way she can get in is what the prophet has said. And, and he would say these kinds of things, you know, alluding to this kind of thing, you know, in sermons and different teachings. And then in private, he would explain what this really meant um, to these girls and women. And so of course they're going to go along because they've been manipulated up to that point. Okay, our next slide um imbalance of power. And with Tim Ballard, I feel that that's I mean he was he was just so he was untouchable. Don't you think Landon in his organization like he was completely untouchable.
1: Not not just in his organization, just about everywhere. Uh we mm-hmm. know that when uh when uh some of the podcasters like John Dillon, uh brought it on their show they literally had uh, some of the reporters who had reported mm-hmm. this said they literally had death threats against them for reporting this yeah. so uh, he was untouchable he had as they said the cover top cover from the attorney general uh, he had the prophets and the apostles uh, in his corner they had the church he was untouchable And uh, not only was he untouchable, but he also had what they believed was experience, filled experience that was going to save them and keep them safe. So they would often say to them, do whatever Tim says. He's the expert here. He'll keep you safe. And so the women, you know, when you're in a position where you might feel uncomfortable and he says, do this now, you think, oh, my God, my life is on on the line here and you hurry and do it to not only mine but tim's and everyone in this operation i need to i need to pull my weight and save everybody and so there was definitely this imbalance of power he knew that when he said to do it that they would do it
0: right and of course you know feeling you don't have the experience as a woman you don't know um, you're very vulnerable and you only can trust him. And so you are never going to speak up and say, I don't know if this sounds right, Tim. You would never dream of saying that because you're told, like you said, not by Tim himself, but also um, all the higher ups that he knows what he's doing. So it's a complete imbalance of power. And I think we heard a little bit about that in our episode with Monique, who was a volunteer. All that was just an office setting. She literally had you know, a PhD Um in, I can't, was it social work? Anyway, she had done things like this in other countries internationally. She had a lot of knowledge. She had been on boards of lots of other organizations. And yet, you know, when she worked for OUR or was a volunteer for OUR, she was just kind of in the back office, right? A, an imbalance sort of there. We're not utilizing intelligence of some of the other people. So just kind of putting them in their place is kind well, of Well, and I that's the it.
1: difference between having someone who's trained to do this and someone who's not because- mm-hmm. Had the women actually been trained as law enforcement professionals, mm-hmm. they would not have to rely on Tim. They mm-hmm. would rely on their own training and their own knowledge, and they would see right through it as a ruse immediately, yeah. uh, which exactly. is probably why he did not use law enforcement uh, exactly people to to do this.
0: Yep. So that's a good one. And the imbalance of power with Joseph Smith, uh, where do you want to start Landon?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he was the mayor, the uh, prophet, the uh, you, you name it, he was it uh, there, there. He was the general, there wasn't a position of power that he did not hold uh, within the church, within the community, within the uh, civil society. So, he obviously uh had that imbalance of power where he could he could get you spiritually he could get you civically yeah. he could get you socially <laughs> anyway he could destroy you if you didn't play along and he 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 often did that when a woman yep. uh we saw where women would complain about it and then he would uh go and testify against them and everyone would believe him uh, over yeah. the over the girls
0: um, yep and I think not just the women themselves, but their families, Yeah, you know, the parents were manipulated and the parents were beholden to him on all those different levels that you described. So they were not, you know, able to protect any of their daughters or, or anything basically that he wanted to happen. Everybody had to do it. So there was and, an and we also see everywhere he, he went.
1: Yeah. He, 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 uh used a lot of young, young girls uh you know not all of them were were that but he would use the the younger uh, women and that would um again that's a lack of of training or a lack of any kind of uh anything uh so they were imbalance of power because they're 15 and he's 37 or whatever
0: that's a really good point yeah when you are when you're legitimate you know how to utilize people around you that have skills and talents and knowledge. You're not afraid of them um, because maybe you have imposter syndrome, right? And you're afraid that if you do utilize these people, like say Monique who had a PhD in the field, you know, they're going to see right through you. So instead you are around people that you can manipulate, unfortunately. That's a really good point. Were you raising your hand earlier, Landon?
1: No, yeah, just put my <laughs> hand up and evidently saw it and put my hand, <laughs> raised the hand for me. <laughs>
0: I was gonna say, I'm often criticized in the comments as you always talk over Landon. And I tried to explain that the way my earbuds work, there's like a pause. So when Landon pauses, I, I think he's done. Like, I don't hear him starting to talk again. So I thought maybe you were starting to raise your hand on the podcast, which would be really sad if that's what we come to. No, I,
1: I didn't know that Zoom yes, could see your landed. hand raised and raise it for you, but it evidently does.
0: That is really funny. Oh, my! we'll try to make like a little heart symbol and see if it puts up a heart or let's have some fun. It's only midnight, right? We'll be fine.
1: That's right.
0: <laughs> we get sillier and sillier. Which brings us to our next slide, the later (laughs) it gets. This is one of my favorite ones. Um, Both of them really seem to like uh, to wear what I called military garb, right? So for Joseph Smith, um, I don't know if all of you are aware, but he loved to dress like a general, didn't he, Landon? The full outfit. Well, he was a general uh, in the Nauvoo
1: Legion. He'd never gone to battle or done anything, but again... He was elected as general, (laughs) two-star general uh, of the Nauvoo Legion. So
0: yeah, so he would prance around town in his uh, general's uniform. As I understand it, he had a, a large diamond ring that he would wear. And he also had a hat, I think that, you know, a general's feathered hat. So anyway, he liked to, he liked to walk around like that. And then of course you have Tim Ballard who, you know, you see in a lot of military garb a lot of you know operations kind of look so they both kind of had this you know we want to look the part is that kind of how you see it
1: oh yeah they're absolutely alpha male dominant i got to be in charge i'm the man everybody look at me i've got the power uh and yeah uh, no doubt they're they're there to be seen and they want to be seen as hard asses so
0: there it is landon (laughs) said it okay what do we have next oh okay this is interesting this kind of goes along I guess with maybe dressing the part um a run for the presidency so we just learned this, didn't we yeah. um we we had heard before that Tim Ballard had wanted to uh eventually become an apostle right with all of his work with everything he was doing with bringing so many converts to the church that he would eventually be an apostle and if you're an apostle, eventually you, probably end up as the prophet if you're young like he would be when he became an apostle but what we didn't know is that he also um had had some word from on high some different blessings and vision that he actually was going to be the president of the united states so would you, these are two quotes or two statements that come from the lawsuit um, yeah, that these, was just filed by are- the five plaintiffs
1: yeah, these are claims by the women uh, that, of things that he he said or told to them. Um, and so, you know, these are alleged uh, complaints. But uh, two, two items. Ballard would insist that the women stay silent about their alleged sexual encounters with him because if they told anyone, it would put everyone's lives at risk on the ops mission. It was necessary to save the trafficked children. And because he was blessed by President Ballard, to be a future president of the United States and then the prophet of the Mormon Church. This is just
0: can you do both? <laughs>
1: there, there is well, okay, no way yeah. because the prophet of the Mormon Church is the most senior apostle. So by the time you went and he, if he was to run for the presidency and become the president. And then come back, you know, would he be the junior apostle? Uh, You know, this is just. I think that was the
0: idea. Yeah, that he would be president. And then when he was finished with his terms, then he would become the prophet. And President Ballard apparently had blessed him for this to happen. This is a claim. Uh, What's the other claim?
1: The other is additionally, Ballard would get ketamine treatments and have a scribe come in with him while he would talk to the dead prophet Nephi and issue forth prophecies about Ballard's greatness and future as a United States Senator, President of the United States, and ultimately the Mormon prophet to usher in the second coming of Jesus Christ.
0: That is pretty incredible and and pretty ironic, though, that you're there and you're getting a revelation. And of course, it's all about you. It's not anything bad about you. you It's all these incredible things about you, right, that are going to happen. Like, I can't even believe that resume. It's it's incredible.
1: And as as we know, he was about to make the announcement that he was gonna run for the United States Senate. So he was, he was going about down to his make path. it. Yep.
0: Yep. I think we have a slide about that, don't we? Is that next? Uh no, we're gonna is that not next? Go on. No,
1: more. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's uh I think there it's there we right go. Here. Okay,
0: here's our announcement right here. Yep. Um so I made this and I don't know if a lot of you were aware, but Um, Tim Ballard did reveal to someone that Jesus had appeared to him and told him that on October 10th, um, 2023, he was supposed to announce his Senate run. So when October 10th rolled around, all of us were waiting to see what would happen. Um, so I made this meme where Jesus is standing on the stage for those of you who are listeners and Jesus is saying, he'll be here any minute. We talked about this and there's an empty podium you know, because Jesus is apparently backing him and he has not shown up yet to make the announcement. So I don't think any of us really thought he would. Did you, Landon, after everything that came out?
1: No, there's no way without hurting his yeah. family even even worse. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So and was there one more after that slide?
1: Um Oh.
0: Yes, there was one more right there. And, and we just had to just see for a second what this would look like um, in a parallel universe where he's up there at conference. I don't know. Can you picture it?
1: Uh, it would be a, a lot more high speed probably than. Uh,
0: well, that's true. It actually probably be pretty interesting. <laughs>
1: yeah. After, after watching know. him uh, in front of that, that monument saying, I never. Have- <laughs> yeah,
0: that's <laughs> right. It didn't happen. <laughs> oh, and I, I just noticed that the uh, picture that I chose of conference was from a couple years ago, where they had that nice salad bar, so that everybody could reach back and snack during yeah. the meeting. That's forgot about that that looks nice it makes me kind of hungry well, yeah all right he'd now
1: pro- he'd probably have some of his power drink uh, and stuff that yeah. he sells.
0: <laughs> the protein powder <laughs> the that's protein right powder. okay so that's so uh what what could possibly be similar uh to tim ballard believing that he's going to be the prophet and the president of the united states well we've heard this story before haven't we, Lance?
1: Well, we certainly have yes <laughs> Joseph Smith and his run for president. Of course, it's General Joseph Smith. Uh, he, he seems to be promoting the general as a, you know, as, as a qualification, even though he's never, uh, you know, conducted a military operation of any kind, uh, unless you want to, you know, argue that some of his forays into uh, to save, uh, what, what was that march called that he led uh, that ended up in a disaster the went uh, to
0: Missouri. Yes, or, yes. Yeah,
1: Zion's Camp. Yes, he led Zion's, Zion's camp, camp. Yeah, yeah. Well, and like he a- led
0: a group. He led a group to find buried treasure in a widow's house in Salem. So yeah. I mean, you know,
1: that,
0: yeah. So it says for our listeners, uh, it's a flyer, and it says for President General Joseph Smith of Nauvoo, Illinois, and for Vice President Sidney Rigdon of Pennsylvania. And then we have a picture of what just what would it like if what would it look like if Joseph were in the Oval Office? And there he is sitting there clutching a Book of Mormon.
1: Yeah. I I, I think we have and some anachronisms in that picture a uh, 50 you star so? flag, uh, probably didn't a
0: telephone.
1: <laughs> didn't oh, I was just having
0: fun. I was just having fun. I finally figured out how to use pick art and I'm just going crazy. I must be bored. I don't know. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> Between that and AI, yeah. Okay. Oh, here's one. All right. So alcohol use. Now with Tim Ballard, we just recently found out from the suit that that this was kind of a prevalent thing. Uh, We have a picture here of tequila. Apparently that was one of his favorite things. And we also have a picture of a strip club because apparently that's where a lot of this would happen. Do you want to read that Landon? This is again, one of the claims from the suit by the five plaintiffs.
1: Yep. However, Ballard was doing the exact opposite. He was consuming excessive amounts of alcohol, tequila, of his own volition, which he drank at strip clubs, massage parlors, and on trips to the point of passing out. For example, he missed a $250,000 speaking engagement a few weeks ago because he was drunk and missed his flight. A quarter of a million dollars to come speak. Who is paying that? Uh- it- Probably. a lot of people
0: are paying it you've seen the whiteboard you know how it works you have yeah, seen the whiteboard
1: that was probably a, we did
0: an episode
1: yeah scripture central or something had a fundraiser or something maybe oh,
0: <laughs> oh you had to go there and land in oh my goodness we're sorry we didn't need to say that anyway <laughs> no and, and it's very interesting because it makes me wonder because obviously tim ballard living in the 21st century the word of wisdom is a big deal. It, it, violating that can keep you out of the temple. So I didn't hear anything about whether or not Elder Ballard has also allowed him to, you know, kind of have wiggle room on some of the other things. I know that Elder Ballard said the couples allegedly said the couples ruse was okay as long as there was no kissing on the lips and penetration, if I can say that. But I wonder if the word of wisdom was also. Um, off the yeah, table evidently so you get a free pass
1: when you're saving the children if you know That's if a, you're
0: yeah exactly
1: saving children you get a free pass for everything it appears uh
0: exactly so yeah so that was kind of a revelation that he's also out there drinking and there were some other mentions of it too um alcohol use um that didn't really seem to be a part of the mission it seemed to me like it seemed like he was in these environments and just kind of went and did some of these things you know i guess maybe in his defense, he could say, I was trying to look the part, but it seemed like it was something that he was embracing sort of, I don't know.
1: Oh yeah. There's no doubt that uh, this was something he seemed to have done regularly um, when, when he had the chance. So
0: yeah. And then, then there was that really strange thing about, (laughs) so this proves that he was aware of the word of wisdom and he wanted to make sure that the women in the couple's ruse kept the word of wisdom because there was this statement um from some of the women that said if we were forced to drink alcohol you know like if somebody a trafficker said here have a drink you know and you have to stay in character the woman in the couple's ruse was supposed to take the drink hold the liquid in her mouth turn to tim kiss him with an open mouth kiss put the liquid into i'm not making this up everybody (laughs) put the liquid into his mouth with some kind of vacuum packed kiss so nothing would, you know, drip down. And then he very subtly would spit it onto the floor. So I don't know if they practice this. I don't know how this would look in in action, but I feel like I want to try it at some point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be a, uh, a great ruse for trying to get, uh, you know, hey, or let's practice this, uh, you know, over and over and over again. Know. Nope, not quite right.
0: Oh, ooh! I see where you're going with that. I feel like you know, at the dinner table, you're visiting a relative, and they're serving something you don't like. You know, and usually you're like, "Oh, this is great." Maybe put it in your napkin. Now you can just kiss your significant other. You've got meatloaf. You're like, and he spits it on the floor. Grandma's meatloaf. I think we can all learn from that.
1: Looked like a bird, mother bird feeding the, the That chickens. is exactly the image I
0: thought too, this little mother bird. But the bottom line is Tim was aware of the word of wisdom and protecting the women in the ruse, and he himself was okay doing it. So, all right. Um, Is there any parallel in Joseph Smith's uh, life? With no, alcohol? he gave the word of oh. wisdom, didn't
1: he? Isn't he the one <laughs> that gave the word of wisdom to us? He
0: did give the word of wisdom. But again, back in those days, it really was treated just as a word of wisdom this is something you might want to consider. Nobody really considered it for a very long time. And most of our viewers and listeners are aware of, you know, the long history of alcohol uh, making and drinking. And, you know, even the sacrament used to be wine. We learned from Lindsay Hansen Park and they used to have a single goblet that everybody would drink out of like other churches, but people were draining it. So Brigham Young came up with the tea little cups and then people were taking too many so then he came up with you know let's pass it around to each other one at a time so that ladies and gentlemen is why we have sacrament cups because the early saints they just couldn't put it down anyway tell us about joseph smith and alcohol. Yes, yeah, so I don't Joseph, think we have time to read every single one here, but you can just give them an yeah, idea of all these different. Yeah, yeah. There's
1: substantial evidence that Joseph uh, uh, drank uh, uh, and drank uh, quite uh, a lot. Uh, he drank a glass uh, uh, June first, uh, eighteen forty four. Drank a glass of beer at uh, Moussers. Uh, I don't know who that yeah.
0: is. I, and uh, you know what? it'll take us all night to go through everything, but you can just see the journal entries of the times when he yeah. drank. And I think the most interesting thing that that we were looking at before is at the end, end uh, why don't end. you talk about the liquor license? And now he actually, you know, uh, started an establishment that served liquor and kind yeah, of had so a monopoly. You,
1: because of the word of wisdom, you weren't allowed to drink in Nauvoo. Um, and so Joseph Smith even obtained a liquor license to distribute alcohol from his home. Take a look at History of the Church, Volume 6, page 111, Section 1. Be it ordained by the city council of Nauvoo that the mayor, Joseph Smith, of the city is hereby authorized to sell or give spirits of any quantity as he and his wisdom shall judge to be for the health and comfort or convenience of such travelers or other persons as shall visit his house from time to time. So evidently, that's why it's called the word of wisdom, because in his wisdom, he can serve them as much alcohol as, as he <laughs> and would no <laughs> And
0: no it. one I else can serve him. I mean, that's what you're trying to say. He had a complete monopoly on any alcohol in the entire town. That is so brilliant.
1: Man, that's that would be almost like Utah saying that only the state can sell all the liquor in the state.
0: <laughs> well, now, wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: so yeah he owned he ran a bar in his hotel he would drink with others uh there's uh records of him drinking in fact uh uh he uh had a brewery put up by theodore turley one of the uh turley's actually the one who wrote uh descended i believe but the one who wrote the vengeance is mine uh, and, so. and was a Let's church eat. spokesman yeah that uh so yeah he was obviously uh drinking with a lot of different people and and was quite well known in fact, uh, I believe uh, somewhere we read that uh, he was uh, ha- had a drink uh, the day he was killed when he was yep, in the jail. Wine. Yeah,
0: Yeah, the day he went to Carthage. And I would say, you know, with a day like that, he deserved to have a glass of wine in the morning,
1: I think. <laughs> but,
0: right. but yeah, and it was a different day. I mean, it was. And, and we know that the saints brought coffee and tea across, so it was different. But, you know, definitely alcohol use uh, plays into both.
1: Yeah, but the fact that nobody else in Avu was allowed to drink, yeah. except for him, and whenever he said it was okay, that yeah. goes right along the line with what we just saw with Tim, where yeah. he's not supposed to drink, but it's okay to drink because of my mission is important right. enough. I, I can drink and it. I can make those that's calls. a
0: very good observation. I wonder if Joseph ever used the little mother bird uh, technique, because I'm going to call it now. <laughs> Do you think he ever
1: tried uh, it? I'm I'm thinking he probably set that bar up and had all the girls over <laughs> and had all kinds of bar games and drinking games.
0: <laughs> yeah. If anyone has tried this or wants to go try it now, turn the podcast off, go try it with your significant other, comment back, let us know how it goes. I just picture like this drooling and the traffickers going, what, who are these people? I mean, I don't know. We should not even make light. We we shouldn't. So, I apologize. Okay. Uh the patriarchy and, you know, that's just something that's prevalent in both eras. Um with Tim Ballard, I feel that uh the upper, you know, management of OUR, it's definitely very male-centric. Cent- We've heard from um, our friend that was a volunteer, Monique, our episode uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, that they were out in the CrossFit gym doing CrossFit, all that, you know, it was definitely this male-driven kind of an environment. Is that how you saw it, Landon?
1: Yeah, it was male-driven. Now, there were there were women in, in uh, you know, leadership positions, uh, but it almost seemed like it, that some of those women, I don't know if they were recruiters or what but uh rusin uh uh is named in as a defendant in the lawsuit uh-huh. the uh, psychic Janet almost as if she was uh you know part of the the operation and i don't know these are alleged and and uh, we yeah. just know that she's named as a defendant in the lawsuit uh, as part of it as being yeah complicit. that's
0: true and i think sensing this uh patriarchy i think it's hard for any women that might feel uncomfortable or that there might be something wrong to go and talk about it mm-hmm. you know And and think about it, when they did take the claims, these plaintiffs said they first went to OUR, they wanted it all handled internally. And they didn't really necessarily get the result that they were hoping for. So whether or not that has anything to do with the attitude of patriarchy or not, I don't know.
1: And you made a good point when we were talking, uh, you know, he always took women with him why wouldn't he have taken a man with him and said, Oh, that's you true. know, we're, uh, you know, we're gay, we're a
0: same sex couple, we're we're a same, same sex couple, couple and who likes boys yeah. or
1: whatever. And, yeah. no, and that's then, true. then you wouldn't have to have done all this ruse. That would have been a perfectly legitimate,
0: yeah.
1: uh, ruse that he could have run, but he didn't, it was yeah. always, but he
0: didn't do that. The, yeah. That the is the very women. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right, let's look at patriarchy with Joseph Smith. (laughs) That almost needs no explanation, right? It was, well, and just given the era of the United States, it was definitely very male-driven and the women, you know, didn't really have any kind of say in anything. So we have a picture here. I think this is, is this the Council of 50 or the High Council? But yeah, it, it was definitely women could never make a complaint. They couldn't speak up. It was it was very much a patriarchal society and, and we
1: know whenever anyone accused Joseph Smith of anything impropriety you'd have to go to the high council and make your yes. make your case and in every case they ruled for uh Joseph Smith and mm-hmm. that's the same thing that uh they're being accused of at OUR that hey we did come we did complain and you guys took care of Tim Ballard he got a golden parachute he remained the face yeah. of the company he stuck got to you know the sound of freedom and was you know made to mythical proportions and you guys knew what was going on is the claim So
0: yeah yep so i think patriarchy has a big part in it so this is one that everybody has made the comparison to and it is scriptures used to manipulate women Now, with Tim Ballard, um, we've heard from many different news sources. I'll read this one here. It says, he would cite for them, meaning the women in the couple's ruse, a passage from the Book of Mormon in which a man kills another man at the promptings of the Holy Spirit. According to multiple women, the purpose of this reference was to demonstrate that sometimes the Holy Spirit asks people to perform unconventional tasks. Pre, um, presumably such as engaging in extramarital sexual contact during the couple's ruse. And this was from the blaze. So again, we always talk about the scripture, don't we? And this is kind of stated in general, but of course, if you're LDS, you recognize this is as Nephi killing Laban. He didn't want to do it. He questioned why he had to do it. And he was told that, again, an entire nation you know, would suffer if he didn't do this one act. So with that kind of pressure and manipulation, He did kill laban
1: and that shows the danger of uh you know utilizing scriptures like this because you can ask yourself if if he told them you know that this was required for extramarital sexual contact what if he said you need to kill this man uh because it that's what is is required from the mission would these women have killed people uh because of it because that's the example he used uh The the, the word of God can be very easily uh, tweaked uh, to tell you to do just about anything. Uh, And again, the danger of believing that something in a book uh, is how you have to live your life and that you must follow it, uh, very dangerous.
0: It is. And I always say a lot of Mormons, I think, are sleeper cells. You know, this is kind of in there. This idea, it's ingrained. And, you know, so far, no one has really... well. I wouldn't say no one has asked us to do anything. I think, you know, some of the statements like say November 15th, you have to turn on your maternal instincts, mm-hmm. paternal instincts. If you have a child that that affects, you know, you, you are asked to do things that you normally would not do. You to turn on
1: your friends yeah. or people in your yeah. community that you might uh, be friends with. Yep. You need to uh, fight yep. against their decisions. Yep. So, so it's
0: not, you know, it's not, killing somebody but it's definitely something that you would not do and you internally feel it and then you're told to just kind of pray until you get right with it and that's a problem. All right let's look at Joseph Smith. Uh, I think we also know that this happened with Joseph Smith. Um, One of the classic examples is a letter that he wrote to Nancy Rigdon and I actually put into AI letter written by joseph smith to young girl and and it generated this like her look of concern isn't that funny (laughs) like it did that on its own so uh this is Sidney rigman's daughter and he wrote this letter um in which he said we cannot keep all the commandments without first knowing them and we cannot expect to know all or more than we now know unless we comply with or keep those we have already received That which is wrong under one circumstance may be and often is right under another. So this is the very same thing as the story of Nephi and Laban. Murder is usually wrong, but in that case, it had to happen. And in this case, he's trying to compel her to be sealed to him and... It's funny that he kind of admits it's wrong that which is wrong yep. under one circumstance <laughs> may be and often is right under another so definitely using and, and everyone would be familiar with these stories and the scriptures and his teachings and so uh, nancy would know exactly what he was trying to compel her to do
1: with that ai generated picture i'm i'm going to manipulate the scriptures and say the glory of god is artificial intelligence
0: <laughs> i there think that's go. at the
1: entrance of byu isn't it
0: is artificial intelligence i think it is too yeah <laughs> no i love this picture so so yeah and i think this is just one example there are many examples of you know twisting the scriptures to try to get people to do things so both of them had that in common they both use that i think extensively honestly yeah. yep yep Ooh, okay. Fear tactics. Here we go. And and I will say there's a lot of overlap I think between some of these, but we tried to just kind of pull out some of the more more specifics, even though there are overlaps. So fear tactics. Can you read that, Landon?
1: Yeah. When asked about practicing couples ruses, Ballard told Blaze News that during our trainings, people pair up and pretend to be in a couple situation. You don't want the fir- you don't want the first time that they're together to be in a cartel setting. So you have to practice to make sure this person knows what they're doing. He also insisted that such practices were always conducted in groups and that he would not have been alone with a female operative during such practice sessions. Other women mentioned engaging in sexual acts and being in various states of undress with Ballard while on a mission, sometimes even while at their private accommodations when no one else was around. According to the women, Ballard would argue that they had to maintain the appearance of a romantic relationship at all times during a mission because suspicious traffickers might be surveilling them at any moment.
0: Yeah, and I think this is from Blaze. I should have put the attribution there, but yeah, exactly. The idea that you've got to get this down, our chemistry, because the cartel right? You don't want the first time you tried this to be in front of the really, really bad guys who literally your life might be at stake. And also you're always being watched. They're always there. So there's this nebulous, you know, player in all of this, the cartel, right? And they're out there and they're everywhere. And so you have to do exactly what Tim says all the time.
1: Yeah. It's amazing that uh, they always say that God is always watching, but then they try to tell you what you can do in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, God, as we watching again another fear tactic oh god's watching what you're doing but here he evidently wants you to do all that stuff <laughs> so
0: yeah that is a little confusing yeah exactly because <laughs> it's right you are told that he can see everything that's what being omnipotent and omnipresent is being right yeah but this definitely worked i think on women who were not experienced you know in a foreign country being told you got to you got to follow what i'm saying because you don't know and who are you to say you you really don't know And so you do have to, for fear of your life, for some reason, it sounded believable. And of course, this is all alleged. We'll say that again. But it was believable enough to them that they felt they had to do it. So did Joseph Smith ever use any fear tactics? Oh, my, what's that? An angel with a flaming sword? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so these are some great quotes that I snagged over from things you missed in Sunday school. Um, There was definitely that sense of fear if you wouldn't go along with what Joseph Smith wanted. Um, Joseph told associates that an angel appeared to him three times uh, between 1834 and 1842 and commanded him to proceed with plural marriage when he hesitated to move forward. During the third and final appearance, the angel came with a drawn sword, threatening Joseph with destruction unless he went forward and obeyed the commandment Fully terrifying. And I command mine handmaiden, he's now gonna use this on his wife, Emma Smith, to abide and cleave unto my servant Joseph, and to none else. But if she will not abide this commandment, she shall be destroyed, saith the Lord, for I am the Lord thy God and will destroy her if she abide not in my law. So this I believe is when Emma was saying, Well, gosh, you know if you can be sealed to all these people, right? What about me? Tit for tat, right? But no, she's going to be destroyed. So, I think this was an overarching concept for everything he did, you know, I I'm sorry, an angel threatened me, he's probably threatening you, you know, we've got to do this.
1: Yep, he he definitely knew how to manipulate people and uh yep. I think we find that that's the same same tactic, same playbook used by uh Tim Ballard.
0: Right, and again, everybody in Joseph Smith's time were groomed by the sermons and the teachings and everything to to believe all this kind of thing, and to be very easy to manipulate in this way.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's almost like Tim Ballard learned from Joseph Smith, like he was a follower or something of Joseph.
0: Could it be, <laughs> or it could just be that you know I, I'm I'm guessing we could probably do a slideshow like this about other cult leaders. You know, I think the tactics are just inherent to human beings. I think certain types of personalities know how to manipulate others, and some take it to the extreme, like perhaps these two, but I think these traits, um, I think we can find these in others.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. The narcissistic misogynist uh, is (laughs) alive and well.
0: (laughs) Is alive and well. Okay, Uh, the next one we came up with is the insistence on total secrecy. Why don't you read this? How did Tim Ballard do this?
1: Yeah. Uh, many women also claim that Ballard frequently demanded that they erase the digital uh, traces, that should be, of yeah, his be conversations with them, including, and perhaps especially, explicit conversations. He had me delete everything one woman explained to Blaze News. He would call at night to say, hey, you scrubbed your phone, right?
0: Yeah, and that just makes sense, right? I mean, he's got he's got to erase the trail because there's a lot of crazy conversations going on as we're kind of getting wind of and he just has to make sure that nobody's talking
1: yeah absolutely there he 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 knew what he was doing uh and he knew what he was manipulating he knew that he had to remove the evidence yep
0: and then did joseph smith also insist on secrecy why don't you read this landon
1: (laughs) the only thing to be this is uh uh, a letter uh, from uh, to New uh, to Newell K uh, and Elizabeth Ann Smith and Sarah Ann Whitney uh, from Joseph Smith, and he said the only right, thing- well.
0: Let's just say first, these are parents and their daughter. This is a letter to parents, parents about their daughter. So when we talk about just young girls being manipulated, it wasn't just young girls; it was the parents, it was the family. This letter was written from Joseph. To the entire family.
1: Exactly. And he said, The only thing to be careful of is to find out when Emma comes. Then you cannot be safe. But when she is not here, there is the most perfect safety. When I see you, I will tell you all my plans. I cannot write them on paper. Burn this letter as soon as you read it. Keep all locked up in your breasts. My life depends upon it. Wow. We see. And again,
0: I put this into AI and I said, concerned parents, uh, with a letter from Joseph Smith. And this is what it came up with again. And their faces are just like, what the hell, (laughs) but not really, because they were like, okay, that makes perfect sense. We'll bring our daughter to you. Uh, you know, when Emma's not around and and we'll find out what else you'd like to do.
1: Yep. Uh, you, you can clearly, there's many, I I just in here, the manipulation, you know, my life is in danger. Yes. So, that's why you need to do it, you know, is life's in danger because if Emma finds out. It's <laughs>
0: yeah. in danger because of Emma. Yeah. No, but there are other examples of this, but this is one of the most egregious ones, I think, to write to parents and say, you've got to bring your daughter to me. So, all right. Um, another one that we came up with uh, was isolation from your support system, right? Yeah. And so how did Tim Ballard do this? Do you want to read that?
1: Yeah, despite the importance that obvious physical chemistry supposedly carried in a couple's ruse, Ballard, whom some described as a bully, would also insist that the women stay silent about their alleged sexual encounters with him. In addition to keeping the information from their husbands or boyfriends, Ballard reportedly instructed them not to tell their direct supervisors or other leaders at OUR, some of whom are Ballard's relatives nobody would ever understand why we did those things he would allegedly say one woman said so there again so take don't tell your husband don't tell your supervisor don't tell uh, anyone that works with us uh they cannot know this because it it would you know put us in they, they won't understand they can't understand what's been what we are have been asked to do uh so he'd isolate them. So they couldn't, couldn't talk.
0: That's right. Couldn't talk to anyone. And I can only imagine, especially in a marriage, you know, first of all, I can't quite understand how these wives, even I'm assuming they have kids that they left behind for weeks at a time. it's a, it's a, still very confusing exactly how it happened, but just that wedge that then is driven between a husband and wife where, you know, she comes home and says, I can't talk about it. Nope. You know, we save children. That's all I could say. But inside, she's got that cognitive dissonance going, kind of like, what did I do? What what did happen? You know, I can only imagine that that was extremely isolating, that nobody could know what you had experienced. So did Joseph Smith ever do something similar? Yes, he did. Um, He would send husbands on missions, leaving the wife alone. And then he would go and make advances to the wife. And in one case with Orson Hyde's wife, I think that's Miranda right there, um, he would marry them while they were on their mission, <laughs> which is just incredible. Um, young women were often invited into Joseph's home. Um, if they didn't have parents or their parents couldn't take care of them, they would be there as you know house help. Here we have a great example. We have Eliza and Emily Partridge who were sisters. And what did he do with those sisters, Landon?
1: He, he first, he married them individually. And then after he was able to convince Emma, uh, he, Emma didn't know he'd married them. He then married them again, uh, yeah. <laughs> this time together. <laughs> so
0: a double marriage. That's exactly right. So again, they were alone. They were not with their parents um, and they were in his house. And so isolated from support system. And the last one says secrecy among friends. Nobody could really tell anybody what was happening um, or explain to each other or just just run it past another person, right? Am I off in thinking that he wants to marry? You know, they couldn't ask that. (laughs) They couldn't do it. They were completely alone and separated. And that's when somebody is completely vulnerable. And I think we see this in both situations
1: yeah in often cases he was promising the parents that he would take care of the of mm-hmm. these girls and then he'd yeah. end up marrying them uh yep in their absence so yeah that's exactly right
0: what do we have next this kind of goes along with that uh the women suffered in silence so in terms of tim ballard um, and this is from blaze again then after women had engaged in sexual activity with him ballard used their encounters to his advantage holding these encounters over their head to pressure them even more forcefully into silence. The women claimed, uh, the women claimed, uh, Ballard says, we will have so much shit on each other. We will be deterred into silence on all things forever. He allegedly wrote in a text, according to a screenshot seen by Blaze News, mutual um, assured destruction. So it's basically, you want to tell somebody about me? Well, I can tell somebody about you, right? And that's a very scary position to be in. That is terrifying. So I'm sure the women felt like we can't say anything because he, you know, we were there. How do we explain what we did? You know, because in hindsight, I think they probably do start looking at it with cognitive dissonance and think, oh my gosh, what did I do? Was it okay? How can I explain it? So they definitely couldn't talk to anybody else like we mentioned before. Women women suffered in silence. Joseph Smith, how did he pull this off? uh, This tactic, Landon.
1: Well, this is a picture of uh, Joseph Smith uh, starting the Relief Society, and uh, as we know, of the four women uh, who initially were in the Relief Society presidency, he was secretly married to three of them, and none of them.
0: Yes, and Uh, none of them knew, and probably half the women or more than half in the Relief Society, right?
1: Yeah, no one knew. They he, he was married to all these different women, and yet they didn't uh, seem to know uh, about it, and they couldn't talk to each other about it because it was, uh, as we all know, kept secret. Uh,
0: exactly, and he would preach these you know, these lessons to the women. Anti-polygamy is what they were talking about all the time in Relief Society, and I can just imagine sitting there going, okay, but uh-oh, you know, is it just me? I mean,
1: yeah, because they all they all knew Emma was his wife. So if they were married to him, they certainly knew he was practicing polygamy.
0: Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. And you know, that Emma was suspicious looking at everybody, you know, with the evil eye, can you imagine just the jealousy that must've existed? You know, that undercurrent of jealousy just must've been palpable, I would think. And yet silence, nobody could reach out for any support or help anywhere.
1: Yep. Absolutely. And, uh,
0: All right. Now we'll kind of, that was kind of going over, you know, how the situation was, some of the attributes. Now we'll kind of get to what happened. Um, Eventually it all blew up publicly and that pretty much happened in both, both, uh, both scenarios, didn't it, Landon?
1: Yep, absolutely. Um, uh, You can see that uh, here's uh, Tim Ballard at that, in front of that monument that he made such as impassioned, Uh, I didn't do this. I never did this. I didn't do that. And then uh, on the left, there is a picture of uh, the riot uh, Nauvoo as they burned down the Nauvoo Expositor uh, to uh, uh, silence everyone, try to keep. That's
0: right. Because a lot of Joseph's activities came out in the Nauvoo Expositor and people started talking about it. So everything became pretty public pretty quick and the other picture of course is um you know just the media everywhere at podcasts at newspapers and at talk shows everybody's talking and, about and this and at the so.
1: time joseph smith was a candidate for president yeah and uh that ended his presidential hopes because as we know yeah. he was taken to uh the uh jail uh mm-hmm. carthage jail and then uh obviously he lost his life at that point um but yeah. uh same thing Tim Ballard was just about to announce his candidacy, mm-hmm. and that's when it all blew up.
0: Yep, that's right. Um, oh, this is a good one. Um, church leaders give condemnation. So with Tim Ballard, that's kind of how this all started, right? Mitt Romney says, I'm not going to run for Senate. Sean Reyes says, oh, I have somebody who might might be a great person, and we all you know, figure out that it's Tim Ballard. Suddenly, a Vice article comes out where the church leaders very strongly say he's not a good guy.
1: Yeah, they definitely denounced him right away uh, mm-hmm. and and tried to uh, clear themselves from him uh, mm-hmm. and separate themselves from him.
0: Yeah. And in Joseph Smith's time, I called it church associates give condemnation, meaning that a lot of his apostles, a lot of his associates were saying, you have got to stop this behavior, right? Talking about polygamy.
1: Well, we know Oliver Cowdery was excommunicated Mm -hmm. for saying that he was involved in an affair with Fanny Alger. Uh, We also know William Law and uh, that he came out and printed in the Nauvoo Expositor what was going on. And he was the first counselor in the in the first presidency so he yeah, clearly Austin knew Cowell's too yeah. Austin Cowell who was on the high council so there were uh associates and people who clearly came out against him and said this is wrong and condemned him for his actions uh so similar in that they both received condemnation uh it'll be interesting Joseph always seemed to be able to wiggle out of it mm-hmm. uh and we'll see if that same thing happens with Tim Ballard
0: well, I know a lot of um, faithful members do not at first didn't even believe that that was a statement from the church. I mean, that was what was really interesting because they released it in Vice magazine or Vice news. They said, oh, there's no way. Now I think they're starting to realize, OK, I think there might be something to it. But but again, you're right. Sometimes you can wiggle out from these things.
1: And and just because just because Tim Ballard's been accused of these things, um, you know, there's there's obviously going to be some sort of a, whether a trial or whether, the, whether mm-hmm. they settled beforehand. Yep. Uh, but there there's, there's no guarantee that he's going to be, uh, convicted or, or found guilty of any of these actions. In fact, uh, Correct. it's probably, uh, you know, fairly likely that, uh, that he may not because he is in Utah. This mm-hmm. does involve the case will be tried in Utah, which means at least half of the jury members are going to be LDS um, the lawyers on um, both sides, uh, he's very LDS, uh, and I'm guessing he's going to have LDS lawyers. The lawyers for the women are LDS. You're going to have a lot of LDS people in there, and it's going to look like a trial of their church. And some people are going to be very uncomfortable with that yeah. and say, I'm not going to convict this guy. Uh, this, you know, this looks like it could be, uh, that, that they were, the women were involved just as much as him or, you know, make these statements or see things differently because they say no they couldn't see that scripture that way certainly that right. that's an excuse and then they'll they'll find uh for for Tim Ballard in that case so so this isn't a done deal and he may very well get out of it just like uh, Joseph Smith has always been able to get out of it
0: True however it really looks like he was actually excommunicated so at least as far as condemnation from the church it seems like that might be a done deal at least for now So there's still a lot of questions.
1: Yeah, it looks like he was. Um, In fact, the lawsuit claims that he was, and we've heard Mm -hmm. other claims, but the church has never claimed that he's been excommunicated. Uh Um, And Mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, John D. Lee was excommunicated uh, during the Mount, after, you know, the Mount Meadow Massacre uh, situation, they excommunicated John Lee. And then what, 15 years after his death, they reinstated all of his blessings. So... It could be very much that this is an apostle's ruse, as opposed to a couple's ruse, where they oh, say, you take the fall, and right. we'll make sure all your blessings are reinstated uh, in the future.
0: Yeah, I, I would not rule anything out at this point. That that could very well be. That's very interesting. All right. Um, oh, of course, we're right in the middle of all this, aren't we? Denies allegations publicly. So Tim continues to deny all the allegations, Right very strongly i mean yep. he's given he's gone on talk shows radio shows he's said it in print what did i read i think in the deseret news he said you know again my detractors my enemies and i i look forward to my day in court to be able to you know put all this right this so is he's satan definitely
1: that's yeah. Satan trying to stop yeah. the work of protecting yep. children that's yep. this is satan making these accusations yep. it's yeah you see the same uh, yep,
0: he's definitely, definitely uh, going on the offensive here, for sure. Um, Did Joseph Smith deny allegations publicly? Did he, Landon?
1: <laughs> he did. He said, I am innocent of all these charges. What a thing it is for a man to be accused of committing adultery and having seven wives when I can only find one. I am the same man and as innocent as I was 14 years ago, and I can prove them all perjurers. Uh, So... Joseph Smith made this statement while preaching from the stand to the Latter-day Saints in Nauvoo uh, in 1844. At the time, he had secretly taken over 25 plural wives. Um,
0: that almost leaves me speechless, you know?
1: the see the playbook.
0: Well, and it's interesting because um, what did John Lunwell say, our, one of our favorite guests? He said something like, normal people can't understand that some people literally can just lie like that, you know? Yep. They they just can. And normal people can't because we we would never be able to do that, really, not with just that kind of authority. And so you can be taken advantage of by somebody that can just I don't I want to say maybe sociopath or do you know do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, we, he and I had a conversation about this once like that, you know, and he yeah. thought Joseph Smith was like that. He just bold faced, unabashedly could do something like that. Say, I only have one wife and he's sealed to you know, sealed to 25. So
1: it's how you're able to, how they're able to do this is these are people who have no scruples. Mm -hmm. If you have no scruples, you can tell any story. You can take advantage of any women, any people you can take their money and no shame at all in it. And if these allegations are true, that's exactly what Tim Ballard does. He was taking money from people to save children, while doing all of this stuff, while breaking every covenant, he was there to get people on the covenant path of the church, <laughs> while he was completely off the path. Um, but he was justifying in his mind that as long as he was saving children, he could do all of these things, and he was hurting all of these people, and he he takes no responsibility, and he he seems to have no problems with it. So if these allegations. You know come to to be proven true that's the kind of person that we would be dealing with here
0: yeah i think you're right um and i think we're getting to the end here of our list our lengthy lengthy list this one is claims of being harassed by the press um and i think this is tim ballard even though it says js i think this is tim ballard because we have quotes for tim ballard um mr ballard vehemently denies the allegations brought by these unnamed women The statement said, he looks forward to vindicating his name in the courts where evidence and not unsubstantiated accusations in the media decide the outcome. Um, As with all of the assaults on my character and integrity over many years, the latest tabloid driver's sexual allegations are false. They are baseless inventions designed to destroy me and the movement we have built to end the trafficking and exploitation of vulnerable children. Ballard said in said last month in a statement. So that's pretty much what you had said before. Just everybody's against you know trying to stop this work. It's absolutely untrue, and saying that I'm being harassed. The tabloids are after me. You know everybody's claiming all these things about me, and they're not true.
1: Well, and it's funny that he attacks the media and says unsubstantiated accusations in the media, but are the accusations unsubstantiated? From the church because the church you know excommunicated him uh Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: are those unsubstantiated accusations is the church trying to end trafficking and exploit exploitation of vulnerable children by their allegations so by Mm -hmm. his own statements here he is saying that the church is also doing the same thing and the church must be against his uh you know his movement so right
0: out to get him. But yeah, that's a really good point. But he does not ever mention the church being against him at all. He's pretty much silent on the church.
1: Or Glenn um, Beck. I think, uh well yeah, uh, glenn, glenn Beck, Beck is media, but the, you know, these are right. these are supporters. And OUR right. the 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 uh organization itself removed him from leadership. So right. again, he must be saying that OUR is there to destroy his to destroy the movement that they are over. They're they're to destroy themselves, evidently. Uh yeah,
0: but he's not mentioning any of them. He's just mentioning tabloids and press. And I believe this is actually from the Deseret News. I think if I gotta be better at attributing here. Um, but yeah, he's he's not mentioning any of those people or organizations you just mentioned. He's just talking about the press and the tabloid and his detractors and, and so yeah, that's kind of interesting what he left out. Okay, so was Joseph Smith ever harassed uh by the press, ever? um let's see there's a couple quotes here again i borrowed these from things you don't uh you missed in sunday school um we are here commanded to destroy the printing press from whence issues the nauvoo expositor and if resistance be offered to your execution of this order by the owners or others demolish the house so joseph smith of course we're mostly all familiar with this story um Affidavits uh, claiming Joseph Smith practiced polygamy appear in the Nauvoo Expositor. And the quote I just read, Joseph, um, as the city council, right, as the mayor and the city council um, issues this command that the press needs to be distressed, be destroyed. I'm being harassed by the press. I need it to be destroyed. Um, It also says you are here commanded to destroy the printing press from whence issues, the Nauvoo Expositor and, uh, Pie, the type of said printing establishment in the street and burn all the expositors and libelous handbills found in said establishment. So again, claiming he's harassed and what's he going to do? He's going to burn down the press that's harassing him, right? And destroy it.
1: Yep, uh, uh, absolutely. I think that's pile the type of said printing. I, I think, think
0: it is pile. I know yeah. I checked it twice, but it actually is that in the um, where it originally came from. Oh,
1: maybe so It a... just says P.I. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: But the gist is the press is harassing me. We got to get rid of the press. And this, of course, set in motion the events that actually, you know, eventually led to his death.
1: And I really appreciate you not mentioning that I left one of these quotes in the wrong place. <laughs> I,
0: Landon does so many slides. I'm not going to mention that at all. So I'm I just was making these up-
1: slides as a man, not as a graphic artist.
0: <laughs> well, much like a prophet, I'm going to look around the corner and not see that you flubbed up the slide. No.
1: That's right. uh, <laughs> now appreciate- you see
0: Landon is in my true relationship. I'm like, did you mess up that slide? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're having too much fun here. Okay. And um, like I said, we're almost at the end here. In both cases, the wives staunchly publicly defend both Tim Ballard and Joseph Smith, don't they?
1: Yeah, uh, we see that happen uh, with Emma, uh, you know, stood up for him over and over, even though uh, anyone who read Rough Stone Rolling knows that Joseph said that she tried to poison him and uh, she was... Yeah trying to take a lot of his property to make sure that uh, he couldn't leave her. But in public, she was a staunch defender of Joseph and his uh, divine mission and divine role. And uh, amazingly, uh, we see the same thing with uh, Tim and his wife as she went on the radio show and talked. uh, We saw her say, uh, he's a great man. He's a man of God. He's a man of faith. He had to do this. The part of the ruse was, uh, you know, to protect me, and mm-hmm. and she really defended him. So we we yep. see this in both cases.
0: Yep, staunchly defending that is something that's in common with both Tim Ballard and Joseph Smith. Um, so I was also interested to see that uh, faithful LDS were also comparing Tim Ballard to Joseph Smith. Um, I came across this in several places, um, but sort of with a little bit of a different spin um this is from the deseret news can you boy those are some graphics i made those on ai i I typed in satan which i probably should have done because those are really terrifying um anyway so this is a um a supporter of tim ballard and her opinion on what's happening and why he is like joseph smith can you read those Landon?
1: yeah we pulled this out of the newspaper and this was Mm -hmm. really disturbing uh it says Mm -hmm. I feel in my heart that this is a similar situation to what happened to Joseph Smith, she explains, clarifying that while she doesn't consider Ballard a prophet like her face founder, she nevertheless sees a parallel in their stories. Both took a stance against evil and in doing so provoked the devil. Whether it's Ballard's own character and Satan working on him, she says, alluding to the possibility that the allegation of mis- sexual misconduct are true, or whether it's external forces and defamation, it doesn't matter. I'm going to read that again. This is her quote.
0: Lennon <laughs> is very disturbed.
1: <laughs> whether it's Ballard's own character and Satan working on him, she says, alluding to the possibility of the allegation of sexual misconduct are true, or whether it's external forces and defamation, it doesn't matter. So she's saying it doesn't matter whether it's, it's uh satan working on on ballard or whether it's the media out there uh going after him and this it it doesn't matter she says how does that not matter it absolutely matters
0: (laughs) no it doesn't matter because either way like the church lady used to say and this will really date me for decades (laughs) could it be satan (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's exactly it. It's it, Satan either way. <laughs> either way, Satan is try is going after this work, and that's why it happened. Exactly. It's Satan. It's Satan. It's yeah. Satan. It it doesn't yeah. matter uh who no. the man is or whether it's it's people making the it personal
0: up. accountability. Yep. No, I thought that was really interesting. And if we go to the next slide, um some faithful LDS also believe, um, and boy, this has been the weirdest thing to come out of this, um, that there could be some corruption from the top like within the church itself because when that vice article first came out you know a lot of people did not believe it came from the church and people started putting out videos and saying things about you know there's a shadow organization inside the church the church has been overrun you know there's something rotten in the state of the church because they could not believe that the entire church would have anything to do with this but there must be this little group or shadow organization and this quote was in the desert news too which i also found this is just the strangest thing to me. Can you read this Landon?
1: Yeah. And, and this, uh, this person, uh, actually was concerned when they, uh, that, you know, the possibly church leaders are involved in this and it concerned her. And she, she used the term, I just put it on my shelf. <laughs> uh, I I don't know that she knew what, uh, that, that yeah. term means, uh, in, in, uh, terms of what, uh, post-Mormons know, but, uh, she said one heavy item, or that they described one heavy item she's recently been able to take off that shelf has to do with the wild allegation that top Latter-day Saint leaders are involved in satanic ritual abuse, an unsupported rumor that she says had been going around her circles. So circles within the church are saying that top LDS leaders are involved in satanic rituals. The idea had been nine at Stratton for some time when she found herself at a social event with the face young men, General President Stephen Lund. Uh, we all find ourselves at, you know, things with the with the general authorities. I, she must be a pretty. Uh,
0: she must be connected, connected for sure.
1: person. Yeah, she said I had the opportunity to ask Elder Lund. She says, and he just bore his testimony to me and confirmed to me. That there's nothing of the sort happening. I felt the spirit witness to me, he was telling the truth, and that put a rest for me. Uh, that put it to rest for me. So, I'm just trying
0: to picture how, first of all, I have to say, I think this actually might be from the Tribune. I keep saying it's from the Desert News, but I feel like this is from, yeah, the I tribune. think we did get it. I read it from the so tribune. many articles, yeah, yeah. So, I apologize. I believe this is from the Tribune, uh, but these are direct quotes. So, I'm just trying to picture how that how you would. I bear my testimony that there is not an upper-level satanic cult involved. I mean, how does that testimony even go? How? Yeah. Do, what does it even
1: say? Me being like? <laughs> in the upper level, I testify to you that it didn't happen. And and I'm sure that this very same lady probably uh, was very convinced that Tim Ballard was, uh, you know, sa- saving children and, and was a man of God. And when she met him and was told that, that she believed that as well uh i mean i'm not saying there was a satanic ritual abuse by the the brethren uh i'm i'm just saying that
0: i've I've never heard that
1: taking that advice though from from someone who's within that organization and saying no he told me it's like buying a used car and saying oh well the guy's manager the salesman's (laughs) manager told me that uh that yeah. they don't sell cars that uh, are lemons, you know? <laughs> you're
0: like, Oh, perfect. But we did see that video from the mother and daughter, I think it was, oh, yeah. you know, talking about corruption and rot in the church. So definitely there's some people coming forward saying there's a problem. I had not heard this upper level satanic, whatever this conspiracy is. But anyway, there's just a lot of crazy ideas and, and thoughts going on and people are trying to sort it out. Nobody knows what to think. Everybody has cognitive dissonance over this. I think yeah. everybody does. All right, let's look at our next slide. Um, okay, <laughs> so I'll say that um, even the faithful LDS, and this is how it, it applies to Joseph Smith, uh, believe that there's past, past corruption from the top, right, Landon?
1: Yeah, we've seen that in several of the arguments that Joseph Smith was not a polygamist. Uh, exactly. And that's all hidden corruption from the top, mm-hmm. that Joseph Smith mm-hmm. was uh, killed uh, by... Uh, compatriots inside the Carthage jail. <laughs> yeah. Willard Richards and John yeah. Taylor.
0: And John Taylor. Yeah. And, and that, that Brigham Young wrote all the journal entries and coerced everybody to write their journal. under. yeah, I mean, that's reality. People always look at conspiracies and and they say, yeah, that corruption was there. And and in both these cases, uh, the goal of, of these ideas is that the person, either Joseph Smith or Tim Ballard, must be kept apart from it, pristine, untouched, right? It can't be them. It has to be something, you know, lower level, somewhere in the organization, that person has to be held, you know, apart and pristine. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, because their whole house
1: of cards falls apart if Mm -hmm. that person is what they appear, what, you know, the the accusations say that they are.
0: Somebody out to get them, you know, the institution out to get them. Someone's trying to frame them. You know, you have to make sure that they're untouchable and that, that means everyone else is thrown under the bus. So it's an interesting way things play out, I think. Okay. I, oh dear. Okay. (sighs) We, yeah, I didn't realize that would be so big on the screen (laughs) when I made that. Yeah, put that picture. I thought you had poster
1: hanging in your room.
0: (laughs) No, I still have Andy Gibb hanging in my room. I'm a purist. (laughs) Now you're dating. Poster I had when I was 12. I still have it in my room that's right no that and William Shatner those are my two love interests <laughs> um, I reveal I revealed too much uh-huh. um, no tattoos tattoos is uh, we don't know if this is a commonality at all that's why we have a question mark after it but of course we know that Tim Ballard had some henna tattoos so that he could fit in with the rough trafficking looking kind of a person um, we all learned a new Spanish word um, which I won't go into but that's tattooed right there. What I now learned is called a groin tattoo. Didn't know that either. I've learned so much. Um, But we wondered, are there any tattoos? So don't go to the next slide yet Um, that apply to Joseph Smith. So we kind of put it out there and asked some people if Joseph Smith did have a tattoo, you know, what might it say? I'll show you what the winner is and then we'll go through some of the other ones. Let's go to the next slide. So the winner was submitted by RFM himself and he thinks thinks celestial would be the tattoo that Joseph Smith would have. So amazingly AI was able to make that. I just floored by what it can do. So uh Landon you had a really good one that you thought might belong there.
1: Yeah, I thought he could put stick of Joseph.
0: Okay. <laughs> wow. All right, I think we'll probably lose half of our listeners and viewers right there just with that one. So
1: <laughs>
0: um Somebody else suggested Fanny. That might be one. Um, somebody said, and I thought this was really funny, um, happiness letter. Happiness ha penis letter. letter. Yeah, <laughs> that was really good too, so. Anyway, leave us your comments. If Joseph Smith did have a tattoo, what would it say?
1: (laughs) And would it be a groin tattoo? (laughs)
0: And would it be, oh my goodness, the the new words in our vocabulary just in the last two weeks are incredible.
1: So many things that we can
0: talk about that we never knew before. So uh, the other question that we had, of course, that came up was this whole Brazilian wax thing. And that was some of the women alleged that he, sorry, that uh, Tim Ballard said, in order to go on the missions, you have to have a Brazilian wax, you know, which everyone's questioning. Why would that be? You know, you're never really undressed or are you? Some people later said, no, when you have the massages that you have to go to massage parlors, you might be seen undressed. So you might need it. It was just a question, the Brazilian wax, because he definitely, um, All the women in the suit uh, are saying, yeah, that was something that he definitely encouraged everybody to get. So we did not know if there was a parallel with Joseph Smith in his world for the Brazilian wax. We have put in a call to Dan Vogel to see if he knows anything about that, but we haven't heard back yet. So we can't say at this point, can we? Yeah,
1: we did not ask Dan Vogel, but uh... I
0: know I'm (laughs) kidding. I'm totally kidding. Sorry, Dan, if you're I'm watching, sure the if anyone had watching, the answer, but... <laughs>
1: Dan Vogel would have the answer.
0: <laughs> That's all I meant. I just meant that whenever I have a question about Joseph Smith, I always text Dan Vogel, but no, I would never do that. So anyway, we're just being funny and probably a little facetious and we shouldn't. So, all right. I think we're to our final slide finally. And this is just literally a list of everything that we had come up with, everything that we just went through. And we're not going to go over it again because we already did. Are we like on hour three? I feel like it's two in the morning, is it? I can't even look at my clock. Um, but anyway, it's quite a comprehensive list. And I'm sure that all of you are coming up with other things. Oh, they forgot to mention this and they didn't say this, you know, but but it's it's really almost like a narcissist playbook. Isn't that what you would say, Landon?
1: Oh, absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Uh, he, he he learned the part well. And uh, I, I'd never understood joseph smith as much and tell tim ballard
0: yep yep and I, I think that's kind of the bottom line of our whole podcast we now understand if we ask ourselves how would somebody fall for this how would somebody be on board with this how would somebody follow him everywhere and do everything i think we see a 2.0 example here in 2023 of exactly that
1: yeah, and how were I, those that were so close to him didn't see it, you know? There's mm-hmm, a lot of yeah. people that worked very closely with Tim Ballard who never saw him uh, for for what he's alleged to be and mm-hmm. likewise with Joseph Smith, many people worked and uh, but eventually, you know, we we do know that people worked with Joseph Smith would, you know, William Law, uh, almost everyone right. who was close to him ex- got excommunicated because yes. they did find out what kind of person he was. And now we're seeing everybody that's associated with Tim Ballard that's close to him is now quickly withdrawing and saying, I I don't know this guy, you know.
0: Yeah. And interestingly, if you think about it with so many things in common, look at that whole list, um, just kind of your modus operandi, right? The way that you do things, the way that you're allegedly manipulating people. Um, Joseph Smith is still a revered prophet of the restoration and the church has completely disavowed and turned on Tim Ballard. How do you explain that?
1: Yeah, that's that's the incredible thing. You th- these these two their actions and their what they you know did in in their life is so parallel. They just run it it's it's like one's following the other and one's a revered prophet that we all sing songs about and worship and the other one was that guy but now he's you know, the uh, what, what the church say in their statement, they called his actions, you know, uh, uh, abominable or something, yeah, oh, or vile.
0: I can't even remember now, yeah, but it was whatever. Very, At, strong yes.
1: very
0: strong language, yeah, very
1: strong language. Yet, Joseph Smith did the same thing, and he's the revered prophet, Joseph Smith, our beloved Joseph Smith. And we have we sing songs about him, and we we uh have talks about him what, what's the difference here? I don't see it. So I, I've got cognitive dissonance about that. Uh
0: Oh, can you tell (laughs) Lana's losing it when he gets all, ah, he's finally had it. People love it when you lose it though. They do like, we like Lana getting all mad and passionate. So no, that's exactly right. And I think that's why we did the podcast. We just had those questions. We wanted to go through the similarities and we wanted to ask those questions. You know, why one revered, one thrown under the bus, you know, also answer the question, why so many people followed in the early days? I think there's a lot to learn and we know there's going to be a lot more coming out. Absolutely. So I'm sure we will doing more, we will be doing more midnight podcasts. Don't you think, Len?
1: <laughs> I think so. And I, I would say one more thing. I think if Tim Ballard could take his followers that are still sticking with him out mm-hmm. into the middle of the desert where nobody can get to him, yep. he would grow his base yep. and he'd be revered just as much as uh, Joseph Smith was.
0: Wow. That is a really great point to to end on because that's exactly what happened. That group went and they sequestered and they became what we are today. I think that is such a good point. I'm going to have to think about that some more. So anyway, thank you, everybody, for sticking with us. Please comment and tell us your ideas. What similarities do you see? What did we miss? Um, Or comment on any of the similarities uh, that we mentioned. I think it's a really interesting exercise to just try to look at this, to understand the origins of our church, the prophet, how these kinds of things happen today, um, how people can be manipulated and and groomed um, to do things that they normally would not ever think of doing. So uh, please like and subscribe. And if you'd like to be made aware of when new episodes come out, you can hit that notification bell. And if you would like to donate to support Mormonish financially, you can uh, follow the links that are in our show notes to PayPal or to Venmo. And we absolutely love and appreciate all of our um, viewers and listeners that do donate. We thank you so much for everything because we really have a lot of fun doing this, don't we, Landon? It's really, I mean, it's hard, but it's really interesting and we learn a lot.
1: We couldn't buy all the Mountain Dew. We need to do these things uh, without that support. How
0: did you know that's what's in my cup? No, it's actually Diet Coke. Yeah, I'm a Diet Coke person. So, all right, signing off again. Thank you so much, everybody, for Mormonish. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Mormonish. We really appreciate our listeners and would love to hear from you if you have a story you'd like to share. You can email us at mormonishpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website, mormonishpodcast.org. And don't forget to look for us on YouTube and like and subscribe. Keep joyful, everybody.